You're listening to the Just Joshing You podcast. We're sitting here with uh, a very good friend of mine. So excited to be here or to have him here because I'm always here. Kurt Champagne. Kurt, I want to be honest with you. If if I changed my name to Chardonnay, would that just piss you off? No. Because then we'd have a Chardonnay and a Champagne in town. Champagne's like girls. Chardonnay's probably like boys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not a wine connoisseur. I want to see your statistics on that. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome. I'm I'm really glad that you're here. Well, thanks for having me, Th- and welcome back to Kansas. Thanks, I know you man. You just went on a little family vacation out to Utah. I don't know if I'd call it a vacation. You don't vacation in Utah in the winter time unless you're huh. a skier, which I'm not. I think you're secretly a repo man. Every time you go out there, you come back with a different car. <laughs> uh, it's there. There's been a lot of movement going on, but the thing that's nice about the the vehicle I just picked up is the studio can travel now. Yeah, I want to be able to like just pull people off the street if I want. That there I need be like, hey, come into my camper and let's record a conversation. Yeah, that happens at a lot of truck stops. <laughs> I maybe I'm starting Salina at the Flying J. See what happens. How long did you truck? Oh, you know, from 2003 till, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. Dude, there's nothing like driving a big rig. Yeah, it's fun. No, it is. I got to le- I got to uh, see and do a lot of things I normally wouldn't have done and meet just a lot of great people. I'm a nerd, though. Like, when you sit in the cockpit. All those like buttons and and lights and knobs and everything like it's just badass. And when you stop and pull the air brakes wherever you go, you know, like I have arrived. Well, I don't know. I've seen you drive a golf cart and you run into just about everything. So I just can't imagine you driving something bigger than that. That is one of the things I love about this town is that you can get around on a golf cart. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a golf cart. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of on loan. Well, I know, but. But yeah, yeah. I. You know what I'm saying? You you frequent oh, the golf. I mean, the summertime, I don't ever see you take one of your vehicles out unless you're pulling a lawnmower or something. No, nope. Just uh, drive the old golf cart down to happy hour. So how like that. how long have you lived in Milford? Oh man, um, I started camping here in the late '90s, and I moved here permanently. I'm gonna say about. 12 years ago maybe a little more wow not really sure on that one so you get you so you started out camping at what flag stop yep yep camping i come down with my buddy and his wife and i'd pitch the old camping tent by their camper and then you know as you get older and things ended up with a camper and such and a golf cart and kind of did that life for a long time i don't know I would say I bet we camped probably till about twelve years ago. I, and then I love, just now I just it's a different, you know, it's not the same. It was a it's kind of like its own little neighborhood down there, you know. No, it really is. When I uh I'll be honest, because before I like found out that there wasn't a town here, I uh 
I, I just thought that, that that was its own little community. You know what I'm saying? And and it was so cool to be there. And then uh, a friend of a mutual friend of ours, Jay Jones. Oh, yeah. Dr. Jones. Um, he's the one that introduced me to the tropics. And that's when I realized that there was a freaking town. A lot of those people don't know that there's a town. A lot of what people? Well, I, I, I don't want to like... Uh, I mean, oh, I guess you mean it would like, be the, like the Nebraskans, the majority yeah. of the people that come in there are from Nebraska. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nope. There's a lot of Nebraska, uh, which those people are like friends and they become kind of like your family. You know? Yeah. But, but okay. But where I grew up, I didn't have like, you wouldn't go stay at a campground. Is that your phone going off? Dude. Wait. Like you're on a podcast, man. That's fine. Did no. you pay my phone bill? I'll be honest with you. Mine's on too. Let's <laughs> let's take this time. No one's calling you. <laughs> well, no, that's because they know that they'll suffer the death, but it will go off eventually. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to turn this bad boy down. Do you want me to shut down the... Well, we don't want to hear it dinging every 10 seconds. It If there's someone running on a treadmill while they're listening to the podcast and they hear little things like that, it pisses them off. I'm sorry. It's okay. So, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about just like getting oh. to know people at Flagstop yeah, yeah. and then they just kind of are like friends that become well, your I, family. And I always came in off of Houston. You know what I mean? Oh, right. So, like, so you saw so the I never like went through the other, the other way, but I love staying at Flagstop. But, oh, what I was saying is it's crazy how people that are even not even 10, 15 minutes away from the campground will get a spot and stay at the campground. Yeah. That blew my mind. Like they pull their camper from their dress. <laughs> in fact, the home you live in right now, currently those people have a camper and they pull it down the street to flag stop camp on the weekends. That's just crazy. I mean, and I understand it because I just, I just booked a, a spot for, for us there this year, not a permanent spot, but I went, I went down and, and blocked out some time to stay because I really do love it over there. But it is, it is different though. Like from, from even being a couple blocks away and going and staying in the yeah. campground, it feels different. It feels like you're on a different, like you're on a vacation. Yeah, it does. You're two blocks from home, but there's no stress. There's no. And I totally nothing. used to make fun of the people that did that until I moved into town and now I'm, I notice the difference and I'm like, dude, no, I would, I would totally do it. Yeah. Now you have a golf cart. So I'm going to have to get with some of my people and be like, <laughs> Hey, watch the guy on the gray golf cart. He kind of runs into shit now and then you want to see my car oh, only at night. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to have lights to go down there. Just so you know, to be legal. Yeah. Everything's legal in Milford, Kansas. I have lights. I use, I, I just don't like to turn them on. Yeah. It shows. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I like to party. Hey, that's right. That's right. With a little red apple ale. That's, that's right. what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, but I love, I love Milford. It's a, it's a really, really, really cool place. It is. I mean, you know, I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, and uh, due to my father having some health issues, we needed to move back to Kansas, where my mom grew up, and. uh Ironically enough, my dad was stationed at Fort Riley, and in the '60s, he got out of the. <coughs> Sorry about that. You're fine. In the '60s, he got out of the army, and they moved. Him and my mother moved 
back to Louisiana. And then, you know, in 91, my dad said, we're moving to Kansas because he uh, needed a second heart transplant. And me and my brother were like, oh, we have to leave all of our friends. You know what? We were leaving the city and we got to Hanover, Kansas. And it's like, what in the world is going on? Was like, that pretty, a, a pretty Yeah, I mean, difference. we went from a the New Orleans, a very large city, as most everyone knows, to a town of 500 people. That's so crazy. We went to school the first day and the, my mom graduated high school in 1966 and three of my teachers taught my mother. And we, you know, and that's in the 90s. Wow. And you're thinking, man, you're not going to get away with nothing now. What was it you like know? growing up in New Orleans? It, you know, it was great because you just didn't know any different. You know, you, the crime and the, the stuff. I mean, we didn't live in bad neighborhoods or nothing like that, thankfully for my parents. But, you know, you watch 10 o'clock news and there were shootings every day. There was this, there was that. You just knew where to go and where not to go. And, but you didn't know any, you didn't know there was this life out there. Right. You didn't know there was a Milford, Kansas or a Hanover, Kansas or a, or a Manhattan, Kansas. You didn't know that life could be so simple. No. When I, when I found out that I was coming out here to work, I was like, oh my hell, this is going to be the worst. Because the stigma, when you hear about Kansas in general, is, is this is flat, uh, not, not beautiful terrain. Kind of like I-80 going through Wyoming. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you get here and it's like, Oh my hell, this is beautiful. This is great. And then you've got the lake and all of the scenery there. And it kind of, I mean, you when you were in trucking, you went through, uh, you went to Utah quite a bit, right? Oh, yes, lots. Did you ever get, go up around Bear Lake? You know, I... Just like on the border of Idaho and, and Utah? Yeah, we, um, I don't it's been enough years ago now that I can't remember the name of the towns but we would go to uh trying to think we'd take idaho can't remember the name of the town but yes i mean i've been in the vicinity well so bear lake um is kind of like our milford lake it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful lake it's one of the larger lakes um and it was it was unknown i mean a lot of people didn't know that it was there and now it's completely busy and overrun and you can't i mean that they're five six seven hundred thousand dollar homes and up really and go to idaho falls i don't yeah i don't that's where we'd go and now milford reminds me a lot of that because i'll tell people oh yeah i'm 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 over by milford lake they're what where the hell even people here in kansas don't know where milford is yeah it's it's like sweet and it's the largest (laughs) lake in kansas yeah pretty bad eh? that's and you know that's part of the reason all the nebraska guys come in here they don't have that in nebraska and you know the the small lakes they do have up until a couple years ago you couldn't even have a a drink on the lake that was just illegal you know was that because of the core no up there oh up there oh oh i see what you're saying here no here they you know they don't promote it but as long as you're paying attention and not being a ding dong, you know, right. you're, 
have a cooler beer on there and go do some tubing or some skiing or fishing, whatever you want to do. But for the most part, they don't, they don't bother too many people. So you, you start, you started camping here. You got to know the place pretty well. And then when, when, when was it again that you decided I'm going to specifically go and settle down in Milford? I'm thinking it was around 12 years ago. I'm somewhere in there. And you in the same, you're in the same place that you were when you first came to town? No, no. Um, I actually started out, I actually stayed at Flagstop in my camper. Like that was my home for a while. Nice. And then I moved out of that, sold the camper and then stayed across from the bar there. My buddy had a, a RV, Steve, we called him the Reverend. He got ordained so he could, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of school some of us at the campground. As That's a whole nother story. But anyway, I, I used his RV and stayed there for a while and then ended up uh, living in a little trailer here in town and then... Uh, and moving again to a different, like a trailer. And then I got to, you know, I've always kind of known Brad and Shanna and got to be friends with them over the years. And then, uh, that's how I live. That's how I came to be where I am now. Uh, Brad as you know, he's got some properties in town and he bought that to flip it. And he was, uh, they were kind enough to say, hey, you you want to live in here? And so it was like kind of a, you know, I had all the nice stuff in Nebraska and different things and then ended up here on bad circumstances, which ended, uh, ended up now being the best thing that ever happened, you know. Well, so what, what, what bad circumstances took place? Well, I, I mean, me and the girlfriend parted waters. And, oh, I see. And so we, you know, we, we had a nice home and things like that. And when she decided we should have part waters, I guess, so to speak, I thought, you know what, what am I going to do now? Cause I was trucking so I could go anywhere I wanted. Right. But I chose to go here because it's where I went to to relieve stress. And so it was, you know, at the time you think your whole world's coming down on you. But it turned out to be probably the best thing that ever happened to me, honestly. I absolutely love it here. This is where I call home. And I have some great, great friends and people that are always willing to lend a hand with something. Yeah. and. And you know, and I, I don't mind helping either. Like, so, no, you know, that's you're you're being modest because you were you were always kind when I was here with my dad initially before I even brought my family down. You would always have us over for dinner, steaks, and I mean, you never charged us anything. Like we would try, and you would get pissed. Well, off. I haven't billed you yet. Well, I know the bill's coming. I'm, yeah, I'm not saying that it's not. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean. We'll just have to, you know, you kind of keep them in the background just in case. But no, it was great. I like, I like people. Yeah. You know, like I, you know, I just, I enjoy people. That's why I, I don't know. It just, that's another thing living down here is, you know, you, you make friends and those friends become your family. And then, you know, the summertime, 
the other friends that I've made that became family, so to speak, they come to town. So there's always somebody new. Right. Coming into town. Like there's, you know, it, it just it changes every day. You never know what's going to happen. What what blows my mind, and, well, and this is why I wanted to have you on the podcast, is because you ha- you you have met a lot of people, and you do have a lot of unique stories. And trucking is a, a great way to see the country and meet different people because you're always in and out of truck stops. Um, my I had a neighbor. Uh, he he has since passed, but his name was Robert Folger. And in the summertime, to make money, I would go, and his wife and him, they were full-time team members. But she would need a break, so she would come and she would stay for the summer. And I would go with him, and he would pay me to, you know, hook up the pigtails and do all this the shit that he didn't want to do. And that's how I cut my teeth in the trucking industry. And when, uh, when we would be on our downtime... And this is, you know, we would doctor the logs. You know how that goes, man. You know what I mean? I, I guess I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what you speak of. Uh, this is being plaus- recorded. Plaus- plausible deniability. I didn't sign anything <laughs> yeah, either. Yeah. But uh, at night or when we were off, he would teach me how to drive the truck. And what ended up happening is we were we were somewhere in Cleveland, Ohio. And he got sick, like really sick. And we had to be back in Salt Lake to pick up a load. And so I drove I drove us on I-80 all the way from Ohio to Salt Lake City without a driver's license, <laughs> driving that big rig. And, dude, I just, I'll never forget it. It was one of the coolest things. You know, people see truckers and they, I feel like people, I feel like a lot of people take for granted the trucking industry, but that really is what makes America move, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're, you know, that opens up a whole nother conversation, but you know, it is, I mean, that's how your groceries get to your stores. Right. That's just the tip of it, you know? Yeah. Um, But you can get on any highway around here and there's, you're going to see one. Oh, yeah. No matter whether they're hauling grain or cattle or groceries, or you just never know. Right. I mean, the couch I'm sitting on was, at one time, was on a semi-truck. It's. I was just grateful at an early age to see how that all worked. Because I don't think had I done that and had that experience, I would have even had an appreciation for for what they go through because it is people think oh you sit on your ass and you drive it it is grueling work it is it is hard to to just drive and drive and drive and drive and drive yeah and it's weird like you you know you take a shower in the morning drive eight hours and you you haven't done any like physical slash dirty labor but at the end of the day you're like i need another shower like but you know your day doesn't quit at five. Well, and I think it's I think it's a mental. No, you're not physically doing anything, but the stuff you have to pay attention to. You got those crazy ass f- four wheelers driving down the road. Yeah. You know, like they always cut you off. They don't they care. They think you can stop on a dime. And yeah, I've exactly. I've said before that, you know, I think everybody ought to have to drive one of those for a day, and understand how just dangerous they are. Yeah. Well, there's so much weight. 
I, I remember I remember hitting my first deer in one of those. I wasn't driving. Rob was, and I remember flinching, and and dude, it was like going over speed bump. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> didn't end up being like that when we had to stop. One <laughs> of the <laughs> the deer's head got stuck in between the dually tires. Yeah. That was pretty messy. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> I got to know the anatomy of the deer that, that, that yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. As he walks up behind it, your day just got a little worse. <laughs> Is that a ribbon on your antenna? No, those were his intestines. Oh, okay. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Beef jerky, anyone? Beef, yeah, exactly. Elk. Deer jerky, I should say. <laughs> No, but uh, did you, you obviously enjoyed it. I mean, that's what you did that for the longest time, right? Yeah, I, I absolutely did. I, you know, I, I, I met so many nice people. I mean, I, throughout the United States and Canada and, and, and I will say this, I couldn't have done what I did if it wouldn't have been for my mom and my brother. Like my mom is a absolute rock star. I mean, she did the the book work and the the things behind the scenes. My brother, you know, we may disagree at times, but we're twins and that's how life goes. But oh yeah. He 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 would like load the trailers and tie them all down and then I would come into town and switch trailers and it'd just be a hook and go, you know. And so just, so was this a family business then? Um yeah. I mean, it was, I was the only one that drove, but you I were guess. an owner operator. Yes. Oh, wow. But, okay. But my brother and mom, they, uh, they're in the trailer industry and we, we hauled like things from, we hauled stuff from the manufacturer to the dealer. Wow. So it's kind of like you see car haulers going down the interstate. Yeah. We, we hauled any, any kind of trailer you could think of. From a lawnmower trailer all the way up to the biggest semi-trailer you could think of are horse trailers. We'd pull one behind another. You know, we'd pull what they call doubles, triples. Yeah. We'd hook a flatbed gooseneck to the truck, another one behind that, and then put two more horse trailers on top. So we would deliver four at a time. How do you feel and about retreads? I think they're dangerous. And and retreading for people listening that that don't know anything. Well, here you explain it. You explain what retreading. It's a recap. Is. It's a recap tire. It's a it's a bald tire that they strip down and they put new retreads on. So when you're going down the road and you see a just a piece of long flat rubber laying there, and the it's called an alligator, alligator, I guess, on the road. Yeah. But it's it's a tire that separated. So the truck may have lost its tread, but the actual tire itself is on the truck still full of air. They're dangerous. Yeah. You, you know, and they're, they're a cheap way out of buying an actual tire. But you get in like Kansas and, you know, where it gets hot, you know, Texas, Arizona, California, the heat separate, the heat heats up that glue and then they just fly off. And it's it's just not a good deal, man. And when those when those things blow, it's like a little bomb going off. Oh yeah, scares the hell out of you. I've had them blow in a car when I've been on a car before. I always think 
I was a motorcycle uh, rider for a long time, and I always thought, man, I mean, I would always get the hell you were? away. Yeah. I'm I, picturing a three-wheeler. <laughs> no, it was an actual road bike. It was? Yeah. So I know you're a movie guy, so I'm picturing, like, going to Aspen, got room for one. And Okay, where am I going? With, who is that? Just when I think you couldn't have gone and done anything dumber, you go and totally, totally redeem, redeem yourself. yourself. I get 60 miles for the gallon on this hog. <laughs> Traded it for the van straight up. (laughs) Which brings me back to every time you go to Utah, you come back with something different. Oh, man. Like, I don't know if you're the repo. Your poor wife is upstairs. Her full time job is retagging your crap. Uh, She's just as bad as me. You walk into the DMV, they're like, hello, Jessica. What's Josh doing? Well,. Just trying to make his dreams come true. That's right. <laughs> no, it's funny. It it didn't stop there. What back when we lived in Utah, I swear we we got a we had a car every year, new car every year, and it didn't have to be. I don't mean like brand new. Like we just got bored. We just got bored, and we weren't putting ourselves in in uh, in a financial uh, struggle doing it. And we just anytime we went to the dealership, we knew it was bad. Because we would see something and be like, oh, I think it's time to get rid of it. I mean, you know, if anybody's from around here, you might have noticed the minivan blacked out cruising around town. (laughs) That thing thing looks like it re-entered Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. No, you know, um, living, moving, moving into a trailer with my family and uh driving from job to job turned us turned us into minimalists in the sense that we realized really quick that um we really didn't need that much to be happy and survive and it it kind of caught on mentality wise and this is these are the oldest vehicles i've ever driven in my entire life but i'm like no this is i would rather stay out of debt and let life slow down a little bit, which yeah. is what I loved about this part of the country is, is no one's in a hurry here. I haven't ever hit a freaking traffic jam here. It's so nice. I go back to Utah and freak the hell out. Cause I'm like, there's more than 10 cars on the road. What yeah. am I going to do? No one's in a hurry. I no mean, I was 45 minutes late, <laughs> but I wasn't worried. It ain't like you were moving. No, when you're important, people will wait for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh! No, I hope that was recorded. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's 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 live. It's on there, so we're good. But no, uh, great great place to stop. And I've I too have met uh, so many great friends. But it's cool that you have such a close relationship with your mom. So obviously, your dad has has passed, right? Correct. When did you When did you lose your dad? <laughs> it's okay. Go ahead. And just, um. Appreciate you not sneezing in the mic, though. That's good. <laughs> well, I'm sure you keep everything at the utmost of disinfected. <laughs> Absolutely. We, yeah, I mean, we, I had to do a COVID screening that's on the right. way, and security got to take in it. We got to take it serious. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why I was late. Nobody, I was waiting out there for my valet. Uh, yeah, um, my dad. Uh, Man, I learned so much from him as a kid growing up. He was a street rotter, you know, a bass fisherman. We had hot rod cars and 
different things and you know life takes its turns and um he passed away a couple weeks before my 16th birthday and uh then it was like now what you know yeah we didn't have anybody telling us what to do my dad was strict was he oh hell yeah in what way just you ever the i don't even know how to explain it like people that can't do things they want to do want someone else you they have to live through you like live vicariously through somebody else yeah does that even make sense yeah no of course like my dad was like we need a round driveway let's call grandpa and bring the tractor into town or we can dig it <laughs> so me and my brother being like we'd have a pick and a, a pickaxe and a shovel and i can drive you there today and show you the driveway like he just was he was a go-getter you know and, but do you think he had regrets no no so no. you don't think he had regrets he just i mean he wanted what what he, what do you think the purpose behind his his being that way was he he just wanted he wanted us to learn work ethics things like that you know um you just gosh i don't even know how to explain it like he was, uh, you know, a construction. He owned a Cajun Country Construction. Um, they built a lot of boat ramps, things like that. And so when he got sick and wasn't able to do those kind of things, it was like now we became his employees, so to speak. Does that even make? I don't want to make it sound bad. No, no, just. It, but it was like say he had all day to. Right think about what he wanted to do what did he get sick with he had a congestive heart failure and he had a heart transplant um ended up having one in houston texas in 1987 wow and so but uh, even though he was strict you were obviously close oh yeah but did you guys see it coming oh for sure oh so you guys knew you guys knew he was on his way out then yeah, yeah, yep. Okay. He actually needed a second transplant, which getting one is, you know, very odd. Getting a second one is unheard of. And Did you ever have that conversation with him about death or anything like that? No. No? Nope. Never did. Never came up? We were, you know, we were kids. We were 14 years old. Right. 15 years old. He had been on so many ambulance rides and helicopter rides. When he said, I'll see you soon, You're just, he just always saw day. us again. Right, right. But the one time he didn't, you know. And so, I mean, I'll never forget that. We walked him out to the helicopter and he said, see you boys soon. And I, you know, I, I can still remember walking down the stairs with him to get in my parents' minivan to take him to the hospital up the street and then next thing you know they're calling for a helicopter to go to kansas city and i can picture that like it was yesterday and he said see you boys soon and we got in the car and my mom's sister my favorite aunt in the world aunt nancy she drove us to uh kansas city and he, he eventually died in Kansas City, but 
you know, and, and I don't want this to sound like a bad thing, but he wasn't in any, any more pain, you know? Right. He, yeah, it was, that wasn't no life. Right. Just to lay in bed and just hope you're, you oh, have you one good day. day. When yeah. you had a good day, man, we went everywhere. We went to the, we'd go by his buddy's body shop and the different places that they built the, him and his friends built street rod cars and we'd go by the sportsman's cove. It was a, you know, like a marina type place where they sold fishing things and bass boats and, you know, would, it was just what we did. And then we moved to Kansas and we would go drive in the country. There was nowhere to go anymore. Right. So he'd let my brother drive for a while and he'd let me drive for a while. And that's how we, that's how we learned to drive down the old gravel road. So you were always close to your mom though? Yes. Yep. From, so, I mean, are you, are you a mama's boy? Oh, uh, I would. Yeah. All right. That's fair. To I say. could roll with that. All right. My mom's probably one of the kindest people I've ever known. I've only briefly ever. spoken to your mom on the phone. Nothing, and we'll keep it that way. But um, <laughs> but I yeah. but I heard I, everyone that hit, that that I've talked to that has met your family, your mom in particular, has said what a what an awesome lady she is, though. Yeah, she's uh, she's. I mean, know, she's going to be uh, listening to this, right? You know, I don't, I will have to figure out how to show her. She wouldn't so much know as how to download an app or anything like that. Well, but she's going to want to hear her son like, I, on a podcast. I, I mean, mean, I would assume, I assume after this, your numbers are going to climb. Oh, so guaranteed. That's I'd, why I wanted John. I needed yeah. some success, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, you need some security in a, in a restroom. I got a restroom. <laughs> I got a restroom. I just don't have any security. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, she's, uh, as my good friend Kelsey calls her, if if there was ever a Mrs. Claus, she would be it. Looks just like Mrs. Claus. Yeah. Nothing rattles her. I could be like, uh, hey, mom, so, so my house exploded. And she'd be like, well, is there anything available? <laughs> like, what What do you think happened? Like, I don't know. Was, uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think the gas line had a rupture in it. Oh my! Is it? I, well, I hope they're okay. Is any? No one's going to lose their job, are they? Like that'll be your. Like, the gas man's not going to lose his job, right? And you know that's that's she'd be worried about everyone else and and of course you know and you're okay right right do you need anything I can bring you I can start making soups and you know it's like that's awesome it's just how she is you know and she'd if she had two pork chops and you had none you would have two pork chops that's awesome like it's just I don't even know how to even describe she is uh. She was the mom and the dad. So you got your from fifteen years old on. You, you got know? your ambition and your drive from your dad, and and your kindness and uh, sympathy from your mom. Oh, absolutely. That's cool. Absolutely. So how how old? Uh, so how many? I don't I don't even know this. How many total brothers and sisters do you have? If just if, just my one brother, your twin brother. Yeah. So it's just you two. Yep. My parents married in sixty six. And uh, for 10 years, they tried to have kids, and 
and they couldn't. So they were going to adopt a little boy and a little girl that were brother and sister. Uh-huh. And that was 10 years into their marriage. And then all of a sudden they found out they were pregnant with twins. Wow. And so, so you guys were like the, miracle children. Yeah. Well, me for sure. My brother, I don't know. I've told him that he's not planned. <laughs> well, no one says let's have twins. No one lays down and says let's have twins. Well, yeah, but I was born first, so I mean, they're like, oh look, what? Oh man, another one. You know, it's like what the hell? he doesn't see it that way, but he clearly was an accident because no one ever says we're hoping for twins. Have you ever heard that in your whole life? No. No, nope. for sure. No, nope. even when I had the choice, I was like, there's not a chance in hell. That's what I yeah. want. I figured, you know, I came out and they're like, man, that's a good looking fella. I hope there's one more in there. <laughs> well, he didn't get all the looks, but <laughs> God dang it. He's got the personality. <laughs> let me tell you. So you guys are 14, 14 when you're when your dad passed away. 15, 15. Yep. And so your mom's left with two 15 year old boys to uh did you guys were you guys good for your mom did you give her a run for your for their you know i i think we were i'm i'm sure i gave her her first gray hair my brother (laughs) they say when you lose a parent one sibling or other takes the role my brother kind of became the father figure like if i was out hanging out with my friends and doing things i shouldn't have been i was hoping when i got home that my mom was awake and not my brother because he was like oh again huh (laughs) it was like meeting the warden coming back from your weekend leave you know so where were you guys living at the of that that time when your dad passed uh 100 east elm street actually elm street little little town in hanover kansas dude you gotta tell me growing up what i mean with the last name of champagne Give me, give me some stories, dude, because <laughs> there's no way that's just been a normal upbringing. I, you know, I, it is to me because it's all I know, you know. I know, but when people met you and they first heard of your last name, that had to have been a conver- conversation starter. In the South, it's, you know, not an unheard of name, but. Um, up here, there's been several times where I had to pull my driver's license out and be like, they're like, I don't believe you. I'm like, okay, it can be your name too, you know? Well, I always come up with nicknames for people. And uh, before I knew what your last name was, I mean, I knew your name was Kurt. So I'd always call you Kurt Cobain. Yeah. And when I found out, I remember hearing someone call you Champagne. I was like, oh, someone else has a nickname for him. That's freaking awesome. And when I heard that your real name, your real last name was Champagne, I was like, dude, that is crazy. Like, I, it almost makes my nickname obsolete. But yeah, yours never stuck. I'm going to stick with Cobain. Yeah, that's fine. Because I like it. And it's a great way to stay in shape. <laughs> yeah. I think you've got a shape going on. But yeah, you know, it just. Uh, I don't know. Just, I never would have thought, I mean, I remember my dad coming up here and we'd visit my mom's family in Kansas and we'd always drive down to Fort Riley and drive around and drive through Junction City. And he always said, don't you boys ever live in this town? You know? And I was like, what? And he's like, this is a rough, this is a rough neighborhood. You know, and he'd take us down Grant street and 
you know, different things that was going on back in the army days. And, and now I wonder what would my dad think if he knew I was living 10 miles from where he told me never to move to, but I absolutely love it here. Yeah. No, well, it's infectious. Yeah. I almost don't want people to know about it because I don't want it to, to get busy. I don't want it to change. Yeah. I could see that. You know what I mean? Like then everything goes up in price and, and everyone's on the lake. Like where I'm from, man, you can't get, sometimes you can't even get on the lake. They have so many boats on the lake. They're like, we're not letting anyone on the lake. And it's like, man, really? I mean, that never happens here. No, you can always get on the lake. Yeah, no, it's, it's just fun. It's like, especially in the summer, you never know who's going to walk through the door. You never know who's going to just show up. You know, I mean, there probably needs to be some boating classes that you're going (laughs) to, you know, remember we spoke of old Jay Jones. (laughs) He tried to sink the only boat you had. (laughs) He felt so bad. I remember the first time I made that mistake, man, not putting the plug in. You only make that mistake once. I would assume. (laughs) If if you live to tell the tale. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) How how did you get taken out? (laughs) And then when they come back, they're like, we didn't even drink that much. (laughs) That's the excuse for everybody. No, that has, look, and I know I come, I know I come from a, a a sheltered um, background, but, uh, Everyone that that's a real important thing to people out here is drinking. Yeah, there's a lot of people that do it a lot. It really is, man. I, they're good people, though. No, they're awesome. Yeah. They're awesome, but uh, but I I mean I can't do it every day, but you know a lot of my good friends do, and yeah. I just like to hang out with them. No, it's it's true. I mean that uh, that atmosphere has been well. When I used to travel, when I when I worked in the medical field, the first bar. Hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. what were you possibly in charge of in the medical? Field? I wasn't in charge. Like, sir, your cheeseburgers here. How are you doing today, Jimmy? Like, that's not working in the medical field. That's working in the cafeteria hooked to the hospital. No, we worked with infection control in uh, basically um, hand hygiene and sterilization. So did you know that there are hospitals out there that don't fi- don't believe that you should have to sterilize a rectal scope? They, they, they'll literally soak it in a solution, rinse it off, and say that you're good. And we came from a background that was like, no, you have to, th- you have to sterilize that. Yeah, I know it's no, crazy. I, it's no, it's freaky, no but idea. that's but that's what we did. But I I would travel to Vegas a lot, and they had this piano dueling bar in the New York, New York. And more and more, when I would go down there, I would go in the there. Pianos dueled. Pianos dueled. Man, they'd have, have these piano players, and they'd go back and forth, and it was it was so awesome. And you always, uh, at least when I was growing up, you you always had the perception that drunk people were just rowdy, and you know you didn't want to be around them. But it was the more they drank, the fun, the more fun it was, and the crowd was just crazy. And but this bar here, the Tropics is unlike anything I've ever experienced in my entire life. It is like, it's like it's, a rip in the space time continuum. 
and you go there and you meet the coolest people so unsuspecting that literally a town of maybe 300 people in the middle of friggin nowhere you're going to meet some of the coolest people that have changed my life i mean you sean cole kelsey uh, I mean, all of them, Brad, Shanna, like all of them, like it, I'll never, Jay Jones, Jay Jones God rest his soul. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll never forget these people for the rest of my life. It's just no, been so either. cool. It's been so cool. And the nights here, man, like I come from the big city. We don't see the stars like you guys do. Like this is just, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's the city of sunsets. Yeah, for sure. You know, and you, and you never know, like, and like you said, you know, the going up to the bar, you don't know if it's going to be busy or there'll be no one there. And well, and, and, you know, and on any given night, know. like it could be a Monday and you're like, oh man, no one's going to show up on Monday. And that could be the busiest night of the week. Like, yeah. It's just, there's no rhyme Absolutely. or reason to it, but everyone would give you the shirt off their back. Oh, for sure. The people here are so welcoming and kind and that was one of the draws, I think, most of all, was just feeling like you were home and that you were wanted and welcomed. Right. That was so freaking cool. I, I could see that. I mean, if people ask me where I'm from now, I say Milford. I don't say, you know, Nebraska graduated or New Orleans or Hanover. Which is know. kind of funny because, you know, the, the Utah Jazz originated in New Orleans. You told me that. Yeah. So they kept the name, obviously, but that's how the Utah Jazz had. I think you were wearing a sweatshirt the other day that said New Orleans Jazz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, My brother gave me one of the. It's like it's a throwback to the original team and that sweatshirt. Uh huh. Yeah, he must. I saw it. Yeah, but yeah, that's where they. That's where they started. So when you said New Orleans, I was like, oh, cool. And I've never been down to Bourbon Street. I've always wanted to go check it out. Yeah, I don't know. No, is it? Is it? Is it? I don't think it's worth it anymore. Really? It's so crime ridden. My cousin was just here a couple weeks ago from Louisiana and she said, it's just not what it used to be. It's just, you know, there's no, there's no consequences for people anymore. Right. So they just run amok and (laughs) shoot each other up and stab each other. And you know, why, why do you think that is like, it really, I would have thought from, like an evolution standpoint we would have we would have gotten beyond the the violence the the things that we do to one another like even now with what's going on in ukraine it, no one's held so, accountable anymore so sad to see it you know like it, it's 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 unnecessary it it's it's too bad it just it really is too bad that we just can't see beyond why do, why do we kill each other? It's just the weirdest thing to me. I yeah, I mean, I guess you know when we were kids, we went to school and if we got in trouble by the teacher and man, you were like, "Holy shit, I'm going to be in so much <laughs> trouble when I get home." <laughs> now, it's the other way around. Yeah. Teacher says the something to you like, "You better watch the teacher. Something. I'm all jacked up on and, Mountain Dew." <laughs> yeah, well then the t- the kids have no respect. No, and, they don't. And the parents, they're like, oh, little Johnny didn't do that. Well, how do you think little Johnny had his name, little Johnny? Yeah. You know, because he was bad. And, you know, there was consequences. Parent-teacher conference, man, you're like, my parents are like, we're going to parent-teacher conference. They were like, oh, oh man. I, I never looked forward to that. Yeah, but, 
We got in trouble if we were out of line. Oh yeah, no, no. And that's the teacher said that you now the teachers are the teachers are taking the rap when it was the kid being bad. The kid has no consequence. No, no, and uh, well, and now with COVID and all the restrictions there has made that even worse. Education, yeah, it's just. It's all gone to hell in a handbasket <laughs> as far as that, which was another reason why coming here was so nice. I got tired. I got tired of the busy, you know, it, it seems, it seems to be in, when you start, when you start in a city that, that starts to become more populated and more populated, the kindness and the care that a small town takes care of one another kind of goes out the window a little bit. And I didn't want my kids, I wanted my kids to grow up with roots where they, they saw the good in people and they saw people being good. Right. And I'm not saying that, that raising your kids in Utah would necessarily be bad, but I just didn't like how busy it it was. It just, it, it, the hustle and bustle was too much. I wanted life to kind of to slow down a little bit and to pay attention to the stuff that's more important than the size of the house or the, or the amount of money you had in the bank, but actually being able to spend time with family and friends. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I've said earlier, you know, we thought moving to Kansas is going to be the worst thing ever. Like there's nothing, we're not going to be able to do anything, but now (laughs) the quality of life we have is, yeah, I would assume way better than what it would be there yeah you know you wouldn't be able to go downtown in the evening because it's just not what you did you know well so you got out of trucking what when did you get out of trucking um probably i don't know man i i'm gonna say 12 years ago ish so it's been a minute yeah do you miss it Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Everyone finds, everyone, you know, everyone has this, find something you're good at and do it. And I really felt like I was good at that. Like, I, I'm i a people person. I, you know, I just, I just enjoyed it. Unfortunately, um, physically with my, you know, I couldn't climb up and down off that stuff anymore and, my brother was getting exhausted, you know, he's working all day at his job and then he'd come down and half the night we'd spend loading things or unloading things or switching things around, whatever. And and he was great for that, but it just got to the point where it was just too much. And it was time to call it quits and it was the worst feeling ever. Like was that pretty I felt hard? defeated, you know. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I look back on it now and I'm thinking, my gosh, now they have all these electronic logbook mandates and oh yeah, all these things. And I'm thinking, God works in mysterious ways. It all happened for a reason, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sometimes I still like have it. a great relationship with a lot of the people that I did business with. In fact, I just took a little road trip a couple weekends ago and drove up to Wisconsin to see some of the people that I met through trucking, you know, and, um, and it was like, you know, you, I, I'd made one phone call and said, Hey, do you guys have a 
trailer I can pull up with my pickup. I'm like, absolutely, you're coming to visit. And it was like we never lost connection, you know. Uh huh. So I drug it up there, and unfortunately, I woke up Saturday morning not feeling good, and spent two days kind of laying around the house at my friend Dave and Jill's place. And Monday morning, I got up early and drove home. So it was uh, kind of a flop on that part, but it was still good to go. What's your What's your craziest story from the road? Oh my. I don't. What well, I mean, if one yeah. that just pops out, like something you'll never forget. Never forget. Uh, there's a couple. One, I had a lady uh, go under my trailer one time in her car in St. Louis, and uh, she comes spinning out the other side. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I just watched this lady die. And we got stopped. And uh, luckily, I had someone following me. We were going to a trailer show. So I had a witness. She, I was in the middle lane, and she was in the left lane. And she tried to get in front of me, but she didn't have enough clearance. And she hit my front bumper and then went around the side and ended up under the trailer and hit the median Holy and every, cow. and everyone, everyone lived. Nobody was hurt ironically, but there was a big lawsuit and thank God I had the people, the right people Some in witnesses. place at the right time. And, yeah. and uh, it turns out she was uh, at fault, but, I just, you know, you never want to see, you don't ever want to take a life. Right, right. But I can still sit here to this minute and see that lady's blonde hair flying around in circles in that car. That's crazy. Like, I will never, ever unsee that. Yeah, the feeling that that you might, yeah, because you never know. I mean, and there aren't a lot, there's not a lot of room between those, those trailers and the, and the ground, like. She either must was she in a real small car? She was in a Ford Probe. Oh yeah, that's a small car. Yep, a red Ford Probe. Wow. And and we were pulling what would you what you would call a wedge trailer, so it was higher in the front than in the back. Oh okay, that's probably what helped her. Yeah, no kidding. Because man, if she would have been. You know, a lot of those, I've, I've seen those uh, wrecks on YouTube where a car will go under and it gets stopped by the underbelly of the trailer right. and then just gets sucked right under the rear uh, wheel wheelbase. Yeah, it's uh, it's nothing I ever want to see again. I know yeah, that for no. sure. Um, I don't know. I Probably all the fun I had was in Mondovi, Wisconsin. That's where I... Man, I'd go up there on a Friday, and I wouldn't come home for three or four days. I think my longest stand up there was eleven days. What was so great about Wisconsin? Just I don't know. It was, it was like a little Milford up there. Really? You know, just like all those people became buddies, friends, and family yeah. type thing. You know, they actually I have some of them drive down here in the summer just to hang out, and I only know them through that line of work, you know, it was, right. 
you know, they're just all good people. And, um, it, and then we would, you know, our other fun place to go was three forks, Montana. And, uh, that's where the trailer dealerships on one side of the lot. And the other side was the gentleman's club. You know, you just, you, they had great steak over there. And the gentleman's club. Yeah. 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 Oddly enough, they had great dinners. (laughs) They had great meat over there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you'd go over and make sure to say hi to the girls, you know, but it was only because you just were making a safety check. Right. 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 Everything's good over here. Okay. We're going to go on. Peace be. (laughs) Peace out. Yeah. (laughs) But it was funny because the forklift driver during the day, we called him, he was three fingers, Dave. He was the security guy at the at the gentleman's club at night. So we'd roll into town about 1130 and he'd wave our door fee. And the next morning he'd be out there at seven o'clock unloading us. Well, how'd the night go? You know, it was just like it was. I don't know. It's in the middle of nowhere. You know, we were 160 miles west of Billings, Montana. You know, you're just in the middle of nowhere. How did you how did you meet Sean Cole? Um, you know, I gotta say my brother actually met Sean before me. And I remember my brother saying, you got to go see this guy, Sean Cole. He's the one man band and he's playing in Odell, Nebraska this evening. (laughs) And that was like eight miles from our house. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm not doing nothing else. So I drive up there and of course I'm a twin. So I walk in there and Sean was sitting there and he goes, you, uh, I said, are you Sean Cole? And he goes, you must be uh, Kevin's brother, Kurt, maybe? And I said, yes. I said, you. so you're the Sean Cole I've been hearing of. And he's like, yeah. I go, huh. I go, so you're the guy with no friends. And he's like, <laughs> what? I said, my brother said you're the one-man band. I said, most guys get their friends to play the other instruments. And he goes, yeah, he told me you'd have some kind of something to say, you know. And that's kind of how I met him. And just always stayed, you know, I wouldn't say we talked every day, but he was just one of those friends you can just pick up with. Yeah. You know, you can go 10 days yeah, later and yep. it's like you never quit talking. And in fact, I, I just spoke with him a little bit before I came here and I told him I was coming on the show and I, I wanted to know what kind of stuff you had lined up for him when he got here and just to make sure I got the same treatment. <laughs> Clearly, it, it, I I don't know what he has that I don't, but I had to park my own car. But, uh, you know, um, he just, Sean's just a good dude. He is a good dude, man. He's, he, he's, he's a unique, but that, you know, just going kind of beating a dead horse. But that's, that's kind of what I've been saying is like everyone has their own, their own spot that they that they fit but yeah i mean just through just the people that i've met through knowing you or through knowing jay or kelsey or brad and shanna and like all the way down you know it's just it's crazy how it all yeah and it's it's uh you know and 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 now here we are sean and i are roommates and you know i always saw sean as on a Friday night jamming out in a bar or a Saturday night jamming out in a bar or, or a Sunday, you know, 
uh, Steel City. That's I mean that's the Sunday fun day place to be. And yeah, then all of a sudden you're like, man, this guy's got it made. He he parties from uh, Friday night to Sunday night, and then what's he do the rest of the week? Well, until we became you know roommates, that guy works all day every day yeah. on that. I mean, I don't know if he has short-term memory and he's afraid he's <laughs> going to forget how to play the drums or the guitar or something, but he works constantly. You have to And you, you never realize how much work goes into that until you're, you know, I I mean, I threw my radio away. I had a shower now and I've got music in the basement coming through the vents, you yeah. know. You don't you don't realize how much work someone puts into it until you're physically there no and you can tell you can tell he's passionate about it too because oh absolutely i mean he'll go and i mean we've seen it how many times he'll go and play all weekend and then come to your house the night of a performance after bring tearing down you know setting everything up tearing everything down bringing everything back and then he still comes back to your place and pulls out a guitar and we yeah. jam for another four or five hours like he's just yeah. he's relentless He's relentless. It's, I mean, you can definitely tell that is his calling. Yeah, for sure. You know, and he does well. And I guess that, that's, I'm, I feel like I'm one of his biggest fans. I just, you know, I, I see, you can see it in him. Like he's really into it. Yeah. It's not a job to him. No, he he's the cool thing about Sean is he's the uh, definition of finding something that you love and being able to do it for a living. Oh, for sure. It's not work for him. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not he hard. He works at it, but he, he yeah. don't consider right. it work. Right. He he just he gets to go and found something that he's good at and and makes living on it. You, I thought you silenced your phone, Kurt. Come on, man. It was J. Joe. <laughs> was it really? It really was. <laughs> Look at that. That's I'm not. I'm not I'm he must know. He must know we're talking yeah. about. Is this live? Uh, no, it's not. I can't. I thought maybe uh, he was dialed in. <laughs> no, but that, that would be freaking hilarious. Wouldn't it? I want him, I want him to come on the show. He hasn't been, he hasn't been back in a while though, but when he gets back, I've got to get him on. Cause that would be. Oh, absolutely. I mean, all I picture is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh. No, dude, that dude, man, I, that dude could out drink, out party anyone and still be at work at 5 a.m. the next morning. And his mood doesn't and change. And not skip a beat. I don't and know And he's how, just even keel. I don't you know? know how in the hell he, he does that. I don't know either. But he would, man, he would party hard every single night. And I'd be, I did, wasn't even drinking at that point and i would come in to work and i'm just dragging ass and he's like oh hey how you doing and i'm like it's like dude what what are you on <laughs> well that's because he's not a laborer he was happy to be at work because he didn't do shit <laughs> sitting in his truck and point yeah. Uh, I went to Oklahoma. <laughs> That's when you know you're doing it right, dude. Yeah. I mean, you uh can we talk about some of your businesses? I mean, I don't know if oh, we want to call on. it a business, but yeah. Well, let's talk. I mean, cuz you you started your lawn mowing business. 
Yeah. And that's successful. I mean, you're you're always uh, uh, trucking around town in the summertime, busy as hell, and you fill in at the bar every now and then. Yeah, I just kind of do that for fun. Yeah. You know, well, gives me yeah. Some, Brad and Shannon are very good to me, and so I get it gives me something to do in the winter time. You know, and um, yeah, I just the mowing thing kind of started out as a a friend bought a house in town and he was like you want to mow the yard when i when you mow yours you know and i was like yeah and so i just started kind of doing that and next thing you know it took off and That's um, freaking gene awesome. i don't know if you know gene hyatt or not but maybe if i saw he, him he was the guy i met coming into tropics and um, they built a what they call a cabin south of town here, and he was like, "Man, we need somebody to cut the grass out there." And so he brought down a mower, a zero turn mower, and I just went out there and mowed it every day. And they just kind of, you know, always been good to me. And I would always mow my yard with their stuff. And then I asked him one day, I'm like, "Hey, I've got some people wanting me to." Well, a couple more yards. Do you mind if I use your mower for that? And he's like, well, nope, tell you what. You just do whatever you want to do. And he gave me a pickup and a trailer and a mower, and that's what I started with. And Now we're up to uh, three zero-turn mowers, I think we have now, and a bigger trailer and a bigger truck. And But it's... I mean, he's the guy that got me started in it. That's sweet. He gave me the the chance, you know, to to grow it. Like, I mean, I don't, I didn't have to buy the mower or anything like that. It's just just another another story, another of opportunity. Just yeah. good people being good people, you know, and and they've always been good to me, you know. Well, but you're good to people too. Yeah, I try to be. I mean, it's it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You know, no, sometimes maybe a little bit of sanity, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> true, <laughs> true, <laughs> but that's a different podcast. It's good, it's good to be, <laughs> it's good to be nice. Do you think you'll be here for the rest of your life? Yes. You're, you're like, no, this is where, this Absolutely. is where it's going to be. Yep. Cool. I'm not going anywhere. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm never. If if the only reason I would ever move is if my um, mom needed me to take care to of her. be there, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm thankful for my brother and sister in law live just a few blocks from my mom, so they're right there. Um, but if they decided they wanted a life change and move or something, which won't happen, but I mean, if the opportunity. Arose and my mom said, I want you home. I would definitely do that. But I think if my mom needed and some point in her life, she's going to need some assistance and help. I, if I think if they weren't set up to do it, I would just move her here. I would absolutely move her here. You know, so, um, I don't plan on going anywhere. You're stuck with me now. That's good. 
No that's point. good. I don't like change, so that's, no. that's nice. <laughs> nope. Nope. I mean it's important. You have to you have to have it unfortunately, I guess, to grow as a person. But Yeah. Sometimes I wish things would just stay the same. We'll see. Right? I'm not going anywhere for now anyways. That's good. That's good. Well, I really appreciate you stopping by, man. I do. I I, I mean, do we do this, this again? How does, how does this work? Absolutely. Uh, um, I've got uh, I've got Bongo Charlie. He's gonna come back, and uh, Sean Sean wants to do one with Bongo Charlie. And we, uh, oh yeah, maybe that'd be we'll great. have you come up and team up with someone. And yeah. no, like this is just uh, yeah. I def- definitely want you to come back for sure. Oh, I for sure will. And we got to get Mark on there. My big buddy, Mark. Dude, you got to go do it with Mark. That would be hilarious. That's what we need to do. You get Mark to come in the studio. I'll hook up another mic, sit him over there, and we'll and we'll have all three of us on. Oh, hell yeah. That would be that would be yeah. freaking awesome. I mean, I just want to say on uh, while we're recording this that you only have three ultras left. So. <laughs> I don't know if, if uh, Kelsey's your next guest, but... You're going to have to restock. <laughs> I love Kelsey. She's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. She is She's the best. Well, you're awesome, buddy. And uh, if you're still listening, I sure appreciate it. I uh, really, I, I honestly do. Um, sometimes it's, uh, it's hard to, to, to find a reason to keep going, but the more people that support it, kind of gives me the the lift i need to to continue it and people are responding they're they're being positive and it's going to be nice someday to look back at all of the conversations that i've had with my friends and and even people that i didn't know that well and uh it's kind of like saving a memory you know yeah it's just uh it's weird how how life takes you you know yeah it's like you were talking about people you know like Charlotte, she lived here for a while, and I know you had her on here. Yeah, and then she went away with the army, and then she came back, and it was like, it's just kind of you know everybody always, and I know many of service members, ladies and men, that have been here, and they're like, we're moving back here and retiring. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, like well, you, it, you, you're yeah. the same testament to that. Yeah, you worked here for a couple of years, and you're like, I'm just gonna live there. Yeah, it was. was so i don't know it was just i never thought it would happen in a million years if you would have told me that i was going to live in kansas before i came out i would have said dude you're smoking the dope you're smoking some pretty uh intense conja there yeah and i want you to share it with me (laughs) and the same for me if someone would have told me i lived in kansas when i was in my 40s i'd have been like no way in hell yeah but 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 here i am you come here and it was it was captivating yeah. And it was kind of a, and it was kind of a, um, a breath of fresh air. And yeah. in the midst of all the COVID stuff, people weren't buying into that bullshit. And at least here at Milford, you know, you could walk around and things were still felt normal. Yeah. And that I normality, agree. I think, saved my life because I didn't want to wear a mask and do all of that crap. Yeah, it's definitely a real thing, but. Oh, for know, sure. It's, for sure. It's, uh it's they've drug it out it's yeah you know, it's time is done yeah 
It's now people are like, I don't give a shit if I die. I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to go out and live my life. And I want to have my, I want to have my day to day back. You know, it's important. That's what us normal working folks want. The other ones are like, man, I need to check the mail and see if Biden (laughs) sent me another check. Exactly. (laughs) Let's go to the bar. <laughs> Are you in? Yeah, let's do it. Well, I mean, I probably got time for one. I don't know. Let me check my phone. Oh, it's only eight forty. Yeah, you're good. I bet the beer's cold by now. Hey, uh, you've been listening to the Just Josh and Podcast. Appreciate you guys hanging in there, saying peace be unto you, and we will catch you on the flip side.